just let me then turn to what I believe God is saying to the church at this time. And the first thing is this, that it's time for Christians to be strong, not lukewarm and not weak. And one of the reasons for that is because persecution is coming. Now, if you look at some of the legislation that's happening around the world in Victoria, there's already been one case in Australia where parents have been robbed of a child because of this transgender stuff. The, the government didn't think they were taking it seriously enough for a child who can't buy alcohol, can't drive a car, can't vote, can't do many things, but they can make a life-changing decision that the parents are forced to not have any influence over. It's pretty incredible, really. And, but there's so much anti-Christian legislation that is being prepared, that's already been done, not only in Australia, but in America it's even worse, but it's in England as well. It's going to get worse in the Western world. Christians are the only people in the Western world you are allowed to discriminate against. There's one fellow in America, um, he was supported by lawyers, uh, and he went through several levels of legal case right up to the Supreme Court because he was a baker and he wouldn't bake a cake. And so it went all the way up to the High Court. He won that. Now someone else has taken him to another case and he's going to start all over again. More years of stress, more hundreds of thousands of dollars. You know, they're just trying to break him as a person and bankrupt him as far as his business is concerned. So church, we can't just see these things idly by and not think, oh, it's going to affect everyone else but not me. You know, I can tell you, discrimination is coming. Persecution is coming. It's time for the church to be strong. Don't be a weak, wishy-washy believer. Be a strong Christian. And one of the ways to be strong is to stand strong like you are today in church with other people so that you're not an isolated soldier. Soldiers fight in armies. They fight in platoons. They fight in companies. They fight in battalions. And you need to be part, you know, of... Uh, uh, the army of the Lord and I just want to acknowledge Pastor Peter and Paul whom I've known for so long uh, and Pastor Dell as well you know for the reputation that these people have for my knowledge of them and the way others speak of them other ministry people that I've spoken to speak of them and uh, and you know if you're new to this place you're in a good safe place you're in a place where there's love, where there's wisdom, where there's righteousness, where, where there's a God-honouring, God-fearing intention of heart. And, uh, and so if you want to be uh, in the right place, in a good place in the future, which you're going to need a family, you're going to need an army standing with you, then uh, this is a place where you can be blessed, you can be loved, and you can grow in Jesus' name. So the second thing I want to say to you is this, that... that it's not only persecution is coming, but revival is coming. And so this is the time for Christians not just to be strong, but also to be supernatural. God wants every Christian to be supernatural. It was never any different from the day of Pentecost. He wanted every believer to be filled with the Spirit, every believer to speak in tongues, every believer to have access to the gifts of the Holy Spirit, prophecy, healing and deliverance and all these other uh, amazing ways that God answers prayer and responds to faith. So, you know, you need to say to yourself, look, I don't want to watch other people live supernatural Christian lives. I want to live a supernatural Christian life. 
You want to say, I'm glad to hear all these testimonies, but, you know, I want to hear some testimonies of my own. And uh, last weekend we were at ESC and um, I did a a teaching afternoon on the Saturday on the supernatural and uh, there was, you know, several people got healed over the Saturday and Sunday morning and uh, the one that I put on Facebook, which is fantastic, um, there was a mother named Ella and her son named Noah and uh, they both had severe uh, allergies to uh, gluten and... uh, Gluten and what was the other thing? What? Dairy. Dairy, gluten and dairy. And uh, so after the teaching on the supernatural, you know, they, they uh, felt the touch of the Lord. They felt faith had risen in their heart, etc., etc. Uh, and so they went home and, uh, and Ella said, okay, we're going to put our faith on the line. We're going to receive our healing. I would never have told them to do this. I might have told them to have one little bite of cheese or something, you know. But anyway, they went home and made a full wheat wheat, you know, full of gluten uh, pizza, uh, loaded with as much cheese as they could find, you know, and, uh, uh, and uh, put on that. And they had one each. There's the mother, and Noah's about this high, about eight or nine years old, something, maybe seven or eight. And, uh, uh, and, and now normally for him, uh, if he has a bit of cheese, within less than a minute or thereabouts, uh, he's got a rash on his lip. That's how severe his reaction was. Both totally no reaction, both totally healed, testified uh, the next morning. And, uh, and it's on, you know, it was on, on Facebook. Now, that was because they took the word of God that was preached and they said, that's for me. And they said, well, we're going to act in faith based on what we've been told the Bible says and what we read for ourselves in the word. That's what the Bible says. We're going to act on that as if it was true. We're going to act as if Jesus is Lord. And they did it. Now, as I say, I tell people when you step out in faith, do it with wisdom, uh, you know. <laughs> uh, and, uh, but anyway, they just went and right ahead and went into the deep end of the pool. Uh, and, uh, and the Lord rewarded them. Amen. So it's time for every Christian to be a supernatural believer. And uh, let me tell you the final thing. So firstly, every Christian to be strong. Secondly, every Christian to be supernatural. Third thing, every Christian to be intentional. And what I mean by that is intentional about their impact on others, intentional uh, about being part of the church, intentional about reaching the world. Now, I had this scripture on my heart from uh, the book of Acts where it says the apostles... Uh, appointed some deacons and they said uh, it's not good for us to wait on tables it's time for us to devote ourselves to the ministry uh, to the prayer and the ministry of the word and I haven't spoken to Pastor Peter about this but I felt in my heart the Lord saying tell the church to volunteer be intentional about volunteering and uh, I've been a pastor for many many years and I know all the things pastors have to do If you can do anything practical so that he doesn't have to do it, then please say, Pastor, let me do that practical thing, whatever that thing is. You know, if you can can ring people up instead of him having to ring them up, or you can both ring them up, you can ring them up and he can ring them up, you know, whatever. Uh, But there's something you can do that you could give an hour a week 
You could do something to say, Pastor, I'll give you an hour a week or I'll give you an hour a month or I'll give you, you know, whatever it is. But it's time to be intentional about building Christ's church and it's time to be intentional about building Christ's kingdom. Now, I want to say this, that wouldn't it be great for this church to double in the next 12 months? Wouldn't that be awesome? And, you know, I could ask for a show of hands and I know, I hope everyone put their hand up to say, yes, it'd be great for this church to double uh, in the next 12 months. Well, I want to tell you, God wants that to happen and here's his strategy. Each one, get one. Amen. Not, not, not Pastor Peter, get them all, you know, so that he single-handedly, you know, doubles the church. No, each one, get one. And I want to say to you, this is what the Lord gave me about this third thing. Be strong, be supernatural, be intentional. Be intentional about the church, building Christ's church, be intentional about the kingdom. And let me give you an example. So each one, pray for one. So start praying, Lord, who can I touch? Who can I influence? Who can I, let's carry on. Each one, bless one. Each one, love one. Each one, help one. Each one, teach one. Each one, witness to one. Each one, minister to one. Each one, lead one. Each one, disciple one. So you might say, Lord, who can I affect? Who in my life can I have influence over? Now, Lynn and I, following up on what the Lord has said, we have been intentionally cultivating relationship with our neighbours, which we haven't done for many years. But we're in a new place. We're starting again. Uh, get to know the neighbours by name and so forth. And, and there's one just across the way that we're working on him in a special way with some hospitality and so forth. And it hasn't turned spiritual yet, but we're believing that it will. And uh, here's the thing. The Bible says you've got to speak the truth in love. Do you know what that means? You have to build a bridge of love before you take the truck of truth across it. You can't go Bible bashing people. That won't work. But if you build a bridge of love, then when the time comes in the wisdom and honesty of the Lord, you'll be able to take the truck of truth of the gospel across that bridge of love and relationship that you have built and you know the other thing that that we've done is uh, we want to take prophecy and healing out of the church into the street we want to take prophecy and healing as a seven day a week uh, availability not only for the church but availability for the world so a little while ago I was meeting a pastor at a coffee shop uh, and when we'd finished the lunch uh, there, I was uh, by this stage on my own and, uh, and I was walking out of the coffee shop. It was a big coffee club in uh, Brisbane. And as I was walking out, uh, I went past the door I came in and I noticed there's a woman sitting there on her own uh, just enjoying a cup of tea and a biscuit or whatever she had. And, uh, and as I walked past her, you know, a thought popped into my head. And, uh, and I was thinking, you know, I don't really want to go talk to some lady, you know what I mean? I'm a man, she's a lady, you know, whatever. Uh, and I just sort of kept walking until I got a bit outside the shop. And I said, Lord, what will I do with that? What, what was the point of you giving that to me if I don't act on it? And he said, yeah, you go ahead and act on it. 
So I went back to the table. I introduced myself. I said, oh, hi. Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt. I, I said, look, my name's Nick and I'm a Christian. And just as I walked past you, just this positive thought came into my mind. Can I share it with you? She said, yes, you can. And I said, thank you. And I said, this was the thought that entered my head when I went past you. She said, I said, I believe in the next short period of time, between say a month and three months, I don't normally put dates on anything, but this is what blurted out of my mouth, uh, you know, and I, I said, uh, I said, uh, I said, I believe you're going to get a surprise that was something really good, you know, something that you'll be really happy that it happened. And I said, but I want you to know that when that happens, it is God revealing his love and power to you. It is not a coincidence. It's not luck. It's not a fluke. It's not a, any other explanation. But it's God himself showing you that he loves you and that he wants to partner with you and has power you know, for your life. Amen. And so I've made a commitment that when I'm in places like that, I will spend an extra 10 minutes or something when I've done what I'm there for or before I do what I'm there for, that I'll allocate 10 minutes to God just to walk around and see if he does that again. See if he puts a positive thought in my mind for somebody. And, uh, and so that happened at another. I was there for a meeting and uh, I left the meeting a little bit early because it was going on a bit long. There were several people there so they didn't really need me. And I thought, well, instead of being extra late getting home I'll, I'll leave this meeting now and I'll just wander around the shopping center until I find someone and I found someone and I gave him a, a prophecy or it might have been a woman I've, I've done it a few times um, you know one of those pop-up bag shops and stuff but but anyway whoever it was and, uh, and and I gave them these thoughts that I felt that the Lord said now you know it's not a full-on evangelistic you know you're full of sin <laughs> you know <laughs> give your heart to the Lord right now <laughs> you know uh, it isn't that not yet that's not who I am but you know maybe that's you but uh, it isn't me but anyway so at this stage it's just a prophetic encouragement for people but what I am looking for and I might have to write one myself but I'm looking for a really good tract because the last bloke that I did, and I walked away, and I knew the Lord had touched his heart, and I thought, you know, if I'd have had a tract, that I could have said, oh, look, have one of these. But, you know, a, an attractive to the world tract, you know, that's maybe got a puzzle on the front or, you know, something. And uh, I'm not much of a fan of Way of the Master, which says, you know, have you ever thought a lustful thought? You're a filthy sinner. Uh, you know, have you ever told a lie? You deserve to go to hell, you know, and all this. Uh, and then it says, but the blood of Jesus will cleanse you from every sin. So it's got a happy ending. But, uh, but anyway, you know, um, th that's, not, that's not my kind of evangelism, you know, to, to preach the law. Uh, and then, you know, shove forgiveness in at the end of it. But, uh, but some people think that that's the best way to do it. So uh, anyway, here's the point that I'm making to you so far. Number one, that because persecution is coming, you need to be a strong Christian, not weak, lukewarm, lily-livered, part-time, every now and then, no, but a strong Christian, you don't need to be fed because you know how to feed yourself of the Word of God. And uh, you, can, you can have all the enjoyment of the corporate things, but that's only once or twice a week. You need to be able to do it every day of the week. 
and um, my wife gets up earlier than I do and uh, so many times I come out and she's there in prayer she just blows me away and just impresses me so much and sometimes when she's doing it for all these years makes me feel guilty you know uh, (laughs) because I haven't started my prayer yet and she's been there for hours you know or whatever and (laughs) you've got to be able to do it yourself be a strong Christian be part of the army be part of the team be part of the family and uh, secondly be supernatural don't don't settle for boring old Christianity if your Christianity is boring, it's the wrong kind. Get full of the Holy Ghost. and Say, God, come on, use me, Lord, come on. And listen, let me tell you something else. Um, let's assume, you know, ladies have got pockets in their clothing. Um, if you haven't, stitch some on because uh, this is how it works. Every Christian should have two things in their two pockets, left and right. And the two things have a time value of about 30 seconds to a minute. So in the left-hand pocket, you've got something that'll last 30 seconds or a minute. In the right-hand pocket, you've got something that lasts 30 seconds to a minute. These two things are testimonies. The first testimony in the left-hand pocket is the testimony of your salvation. So you can tell anyone within 30 seconds to a minute of the difference Jesus made in your life. I'd be dead without Christ. I'd be a drunk. I'd have been in a car wreck. I'd have have had a filthy liver that packed up on me. But I got saved. You know, I I got healed on the inside. You know, I overcame a whole bunch of stuff that was weighing me down inside. And, you know, I've got a life where... My family hasn't broken up, which is what I wanted from the Lord when I got saved anyway, because I came from two sides, broken families. So, you know, you can tell a testimony like that, 30 seconds to one minute, how much Jesus has done for you. And in the other pocket, the other 30 second to one minute testimony is a testimony of how do you know God is real in your life? Ah, what about that one? How do you know God is real? Now, I'm telling you, every single Christian should be able to tell someone why they know God is real. Now, I was talking to a guy yesterday, um, Pastor Lloyd at Algester or somewhere or other in Brisbane. He's got a prayer leader named Mick. And so at the end of last year, Mick uh, was diagnosed as having you know, say, you know, a 10 cent, anyway, some, something, you know, a lump on his bladder, cancer. And they said, we can't let you have this. We've got to sort this out. And so, um, so they took the picture of it. They knew how big it was. They knew where it was, everything else like that. And, uh, uh, and said, okay, the appointment's next week. You're coming into hospital. We've cut it out, so on. So he gets the church to gather around him. Everyone's praying, hallelujah. Um, goes in for the operation. Uh, the surgeon goes in, da-da-da-da, can't find anything. There wasn't even enough to take a biopsy. 
He said, there was absolutely no trace of any cancer anywhere in your bladder. There's no cancer there. I couldn't even take a sample of it to test it. Hallelujah. Now, do you think Mick knows cancer is real? Yes. Do you think his family knows God is real? Yes. Did I say God? Yeah. Mick knows God's real. The whole church knows God's real. You know, so you and I can know God is real. I know because of what happened to Ella and Noah, how real God is. And I've seen lots of testimonies like that, uh, you know, around the world. So as a Christian, part of your armour and your equipment is to say, I need to be able to tell my salvation testimony in a minute to somebody, anyone who will listen. I don't have to Bible bash people and every time I talk to someone, you know, bring it out. But, but, you know, God's time, God's way. And, you know, but there are some people you need, whether it's your, your, your schoolmate that you haven't seen for 20 years and you bump into the street and say, oh, can we have a coffee next week? When you have a coffee next week, you say, you know, something incredible's happened to me since I saw you 20 years ago. Can I tell you about it? Okay, what is it? You know, blah, blah, and, uh, and so forth. You know what I mean? So you've got it there ready to use in the right way at the right time. And, uh, but also, I tell you, you know, when, when, when you can demonstrate to people how real God is, wow. So if you haven't got that, then you need to start asking, God, I want that. You know, I'm glad, I'm glad it's true for Mick and his family. I want it to be true for me and my family. You know, Lord, I want to be part of something like that. You know, Lord, I'm going to go to the prayer meetings from now on because I might be part of something like that if I go to the prayer meeting, you know, uh, or whatever. But I'm telling you, when you step out in faith and love, miracles are going to happen. When you step out in faith and love, miracles are going to happen. And so I want to just remind you then, this is what I'm saying to you. Number one, it's time to be a strong believer to build the church and build the kingdom. Number two, it's time to be a supernatural believer who knows how to grow your faith. And, and let me tell you something. Faith is a forest, not a mountain. I'm going to say that again, and then I'll explain it. Faith is a forest, not a mountain. So faith doesn't just grow the longer you've been a Christian. Some people have been Christians a long time, their faith hasn't grown for 20 years. You know, but, but faith doesn't just grow like that. It is a fruit of the Spirit. It's not just faithfulness, but it's full of faithness. Both of them are fruit of the Spirit. So as you grow in Christ, as you grow more like Christ, you know, your ability to be loyal will grow, but also your ability to be committed and faithful to what the assignment is, but also your faith will grow as well. That's all part of that uh, meaning of faithful, pistis, the word there, Greek, uh, yeah, Greek word. But, um, but anyway, the point is faith isn't just a general thing. Faith has got to be grown on a case-by-case area of life by area of life basis so in other words many people can have a strong faith i know i'm going to heaven you know so it doesn't matter what the world the flesh and the devil do they know they've got a home in heaven they've got strong faith that they're born again their sins have been washed away they have the righteousness of god in christ they know they're going to heaven they might also have a strong faith for righteousness in other words, they have grown 
uh, to know that the Christian way of life doesn't include all the things the world does. It doesn't include sex before marriage. You know, it doesn't include domestic violence. You know, it doesn't include, you know, all the sins of the world. Now, we're never going to get perfect, even though we have the righteousness of God in Christ. You know, we can still have wrong thoughts, uh, impure thoughts, angry thoughts, and so on and so on. Can I tell you something shocking? I'll tell you something shocking. A few weeks ago, I repented of murder. Now, of course, you all know it wasn't physical murder. But Jesus said, if you're angry with your brother, that's, that's the equivalent of the Old Testament, you shall not kill. He said, if you're angry with your brother. Now, I was in a situation a few weeks ago where something was going on that I was really passionately unhappy about. And, and the thought just came into my head, if I was in that situation with that person, just to shut them up and stop them doing the evil that they're doing, I could just pull out a gun and go bang. And then that sin and evil would be gone out of the world. But sin doesn't get rid of sin. And I realized, even though it was only a foolish thought, I would never, ever do that in real life. I wouldn't ever get a gun. I wouldn't even know what to do except from watching the movies, you know, uh, and so on. You know, I, I would never do violence to anyone. I, I would never try and hurt somebody. I would never, you know, but, but in that moment, that anger that I had about the situation, and I imagined that if I was there, I'd just go bang, you know, that, that's an end of that problem. You know, no more sin from that bloke anymore. And I realized, you know what, Lord, Jesus said, if I call my brother a fool or if I'm angry like that, it's like the sin of murder. So I said, Lord, forgive me. I just committed a murder, even though I didn't. But, you know, so, so we've got to grow in righteousness and we're never, ever going to be perfect. But this is what it means to be a strong Christian, to live righteously and to not allow you know, these, uh, these awful things to remain in our heart or in our mind. And, you know, we had a terrible thing that happened yesterday that I had to cancel our evening meal with Paul because uh, somebody stole my wife's purse yesterday. And, uh, and, you know, we were both pretty upset about it uh, at the time. And it really took, you know, quite a bit of the journey up here to uh, calm down and my wife's ringing the banks to cut off the credit cards and I had to ring the police and put in a report well I'll never find whoever did it but there's no evidence there's no nothing but uh, but anyway um, but the point is that in that moment of anger uh, and you think you know what kind of a creep is that that's living on the earth you know if I could throw him in a valley full of garbage you know uh, then I then I'll be happy to do that you know, and, you, and you've, got to, you've got to say, Lord, I'm sorry, I forgive them. And, and one of the things that helped me was, you know what happens when a shark attacks somebody and bites them? And then people say, well, let's kill all the sharks. And then, and then people who are marine biologists or this and that, and they say, well, why would you do that? Because you've invaded the shark's territory 
and sharks just done what sharks do. Uh, you know what I mean? And so I thought about that person. And I thought, you know what? He's just a dirty, rotten sinner the way I was a dirty, rotten sinner. And I'm still capable of being a dirty, rotten sinner. And he just did what sinners do. And so I don't want to hold that grudge against him and I don't want to hold that anger and that disappointment, you know, that stress because he stole all the stuff that he could create a false identity, you know, and all of that, you know. Um, but uh, so you see what I mean? You've got you to practice your Christianity. You can't just fake it, <laughs> you know. You've got you've to be living real before God. We're accountable before God. He sees everything. He knows everything. Whether it's never spoken, it's only in your mind. He still knows it. And uh, so this is what it means to be a real Christian. So be strong, be supernatural. So I was talking about faith, and I'm going to finish with this because, look, everyone's looking at their watch already. And, uh, <laughs> but, but I said something about faith. Can anyone remember what I said about faith? Faith is a something, not a something. What? Faith is a forest, not a mountain. So you don't just grow faith over a period of time. You have to grow faith on an individual basis. So you can have strong faith for salvation. You can have strong faith for holiness. But you can have weak faith for healing. And so you need to go to the Word of God and immerse yourself in the healing scriptures you need to start praying for the sick. I'm telling you, if you don't pray for the sick, no one will get healed. If you do pray for the sick, someone will get healed. The more you pray for the sick and the more you build your faith for healing, the more people will get healed. So it's no good saying, well, I'm just a boring Christian. No one ever gets healed around me. Well, that's no one's fault but your own. You've got to say, oh, okay, well, I don't, I don't like that. Um, I would really like to have healing happening around me. I would like to have healing happening in my life. So do you know what? I'm going to get some discipleship from Paul here, who God has used to heal lots of people, and find out how did that happen to you? What did you do so that you could have a healing ministry? Because I would like to have a healing ministry. Paul, would you pray for me? Put your hands on me that I'll have a healing ministry like you and help me to have one. And then you study the scriptures. You, you, you watch YouTubes. Instead of watching Mickey Mouse cartoons, you know, or, um, uh, you know, some other uh, top 40 songs on the. Uh, worldly hit parade you know on the youtube well watch a few uh, watch a few healing testimonies watch a few teachings about the, what the bible says about healing and renew your mind and build your faith and then one day healings are going to start to happen or start to increase in your life now have i had disappointments about healing yes i have and do you know what? Virtually every major healing ministry that I've listened to or heard about has also had disappointments where they prayed for someone and they died and they could have given up at that point. But they said, you know what? I'm not going to give up just because something didn't happen that I wanted to happen. I'm going to keep going. And as they kept going, you know, God's increased them and blessed them. So they got through the test and uh, so forth like that. So I want you to be intentional about being a supernatural Christian. Can you say amen? amen? Say, God, I'm not satisfied with boring Christianity. 
I'm not satisfied with churchianity. God, I want to take you into my world. I want people to see you, God, in my world. And Lord, I'm going to get myself ready to do that. And I'm going, to, I'm going to take risks of faith. I'm going to take risks of love. I'm going to go out of my way. I'm going to budget time. I'm going to create opportunity. I'm going to make appointments with people, you know, and have my, have my testimony ready. I'm going to ask them, you know, is there anything that I can pray with you about? And if they say no, they say no. I'll move on to the next person a week later or a month later or whatever. And say, so is there anything you want? Oh, you've got a bad back. Can I pray with you? And so on like that. So you pray for the first bad back. It doesn't happen. That's okay. I pray for the next bad back. And I pray for the next bad back. And I pray for the next bad back. And then one day someone's going to get healed. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. And they're going to keep on getting healed. Because sometimes God tests us through a lack of results to see if we fair dinkum. Are we really determined about this? To be a supernatural Christian, or are we just playing games with God? We're just going to test it out, you know, once and didn't work, so no, it's not for me. No, come on, we've got to. This is the intentionality. Be strong, be supernatural, be intentional, and, and write it in and, uh, and so on. And, and I believe that uh, as you all rally around the cause of Christ, and as you all take up the mantle that I've given you today and you rally around the leadership of your pastor and relieve him of some things he doesn't need to be doing, then I'm telling you, God will smile upon you. God will anoint you. God will bless you. God will use you. And you'll see fruit in your life. You'll be the most excited Christian in Toowoomba. Can you say amen? Amen. Well, I can't say Brisbane because I live there. So uh, amen. Bless you. Let's give this man a great hand of applause. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. I just, yeah, yeah, just want to just say this. So look, yeah, we are going to open up the front just for a, a few moments, and if your creative team can come back. I just love the way that um, Pastor Nick, you know, brings things in a, um, I don't want to say confronting way, but prophetic people often say things that um, people find challenging in ways in which we need to be challenged. And I just, I just really like that because uh, otherwise, how do we get moved from here to where we need to be? And uh, something else I want to say also that what Pastor Nick doesn't know is that he talked about volunteering this morning and, and how good that is to be able to volunteer for things. And what he doesn't know is that I spent probably half the night awake thinking about volunteering and how to get people to volunteer more. So uh, I didn't say anything about it this morning, but I'm going to very soon um, in church. <laughs> I really feel motivated now to do that. But, um, yeah, so let's just close our eyes for a moment.